The future of the franchise may depend on the New Orleans Pelicans getting a new arena to replace the aging Smoothie King Center. That is not hyperbole. It's Lockdown Pelicans. Let's go. I'll explain everything in today's show. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday, mixing it up from draft coverage, actually today and tomorrow's show too. And I want to talk about the Smoothie King Center and the Pelicans need, and it is very much a need for a new arena. We'll get into that, and it has to do with the future of the franchise in the city. So we'll break down how the Smoothie King Center kind of holds up right now, why you want a new arena, and what it means for the team at large. That's kind of the rundown of today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNBA, they're going to throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to you like this, giving you the insight and the rationale into everything going on with this team, including some insider info. I just gave you info on jerseys last week. We're going to have a lot more coming. So become an everydayer. And for the everydayers, tomorrow, I want to look at the Denver Nuggets in the finals and how the Pelicans can emulate that because there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that franchise and what New Orleans could do and how they might approach this offseason. So we'll take a look at one of the teams in the finals and how New Orleans can maybe repeat that. But today we're looking at the arena situation. And this comes because Christian Clark of NOLA.com wrote an article about a little bit of the future saying, you know, they're going to commission a study. They'll start to look into it. It makes it very clear that a new arena is a long way off. And that's okay for the moment. But to be competitive in the NBA right now, you need a new fancy arena. And while the Smoothie King is adequate, and I mean it. It's adequate. Let me know in the comments down below what you think of the Smoothie King Center. The Smoothie King Center, I think, is adequate. That's it. Not above that at all. It's not like it's falling apart or anything like that. It's an adequate experience, simple as that. It's not amazing. It's not a negative experience, but it is easily one of the five worst arenas at this point in the NBA. It's okay. The food is fine. I hear that being a complaint a lot. I don't particularly eat at the arena. That's not what I want to have. But the food is like fine. You want some chicken tenders and fries? You can get that. You want some jambalaya, mac and cheese, kind of standard stadium fare? You can get that. The prices aren't great. They're not terrible either. There's a good beer selection. There's a good liquor selection, depending on what you want. The food is fine. It's nothing special. It's not something that's going to draw you there to go and get something, right? It's not like one of those baseball stadiums that has like signature things that you go and you get every time. Keep that in mind when we talk about why teams want and need new fancy arenas in the NBA, and that'll be in the next segment. You know, the lower bowl is on the smaller side, one of the smallest in the league that hurts revenue. You know, you want the majority of seats to be in the lower bowl, even if you price them similar to upper bowl seats. There's better sight lines. It's just a better experience down there. And with the upper bowl that big, you often see it looking kind of empty, even if the Pelicans are claiming a sellout. 
just overall, like, eh. And when you look at where the arena is, it's a little weird. It's in a weird spot. This isn't like there's a district built around it. You know, you have some food options that are relatively close, but if you go to a place like Johnny Sanchez, which I love, you know, the walk from there to the arena is a little bit like, eh, you got to go through an empty and dark uh, Champion Square, or you got to go under, you know, the little bridge thing and the, the flyover, whatever that thing is between uh, Champion Square and the parking garage. It's just not like a, an amazing experience going to the arena and those type of situations. There's no real entertainment in blocks away from the arena. And even though, you know, there's like a new barbecue place that opened and a brewery or something like that, there's a district there. They're like three blocks away. It feels kind of far. It's not like it's next door and you got to go do a bit of a walk. And at times, who knows how you feel about that sort of thing. And with the parking situation, and look, crime in New Orleans, people's cars getting broken into all around, it's just an awful, awful experience. I think some of that can be overblown at times, but there's no doubt that there are some people that are not going to the arena, going to games because they're worried their car might get broken into. I think it's a little ridiculous, but it's happened and I understand it. You know, as for the in-arena experience, we're not going to get into that today. I think it's fine. The Pelicans have been improving kind of the presentation, the stuff they do between segments, the music they play, all of those things. That's fine and only gets better with time. And a new arena wouldn't maybe make a big change with that. You know, in terms of in-arena experience, one of the things that I think is bad is the Wi-Fi is terrible in there. You want to be following, everyone does this, right? You're on Twitter. You're probably following me looking at my tweets during the game while you're in the Smoothie King Center or following others and looking at their tweets. You want to be part of the conversation to see reactions. It's almost like a second screen, your phone, you know, during the game. The Wi-Fi is not good to be able to do that. You can barely get the Pelicans app to work at times in the Smoothie King Center. The Wi-Fi is garbage. So you need to improve those sorts of things because it doesn't allow you to do some really cool things that make this an experience and keep that in mind for the second segment, an experience. And in terms of the back of house stuff that doesn't really impact you, the fan, you, you know, the person there, it's not great. The locker rooms in the Smoothie King Center, not good. The just back of house experience for players and others is outdated and not fancy and just, it's not great. That matters for things like free agency and player recruitment. They're going to play half their games there. You want nice locker rooms, right? You want nice facilities. You want to make it easy to go from the buses to the locker rooms. Some of the newer arenas, you literally you get the bus on there and an elevator kind of takes you up to where they need to go and they don't have to do this whole big walk thing. They're just right where they need to be. That matters to players. All of this matters to players. Now, the uh, practice facilities and other things where that's located is more important, but that still matters. So the Smoothie King Center is, it's fine. It's fine. Nothing to write home about. It's not a negative experience if you go there, but it's not anything you're going to be like, oh, I went to the Smoothie King Center, unless you're a little kid and going for the first time and they're just kind of excited no matter what. So if you're not excited to go to the Smoothie King Center, that's a problem. And that's what I want to look at in the next segment when we talk about why teams look to build these new, expensive, state-of-the-art, fancy arenas. Because that's actually really important. And there's impacts on that for the Pelicans and their ability to spend money and potentially pay the luxury tax. Let's get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Bird Dogs. 
I love, I got a couple pairs of the bird dog shorts and I love them. I look good. I feel good when I'm wearing them and their stretchy fabric is just comfortable than most other shorts that I have. Makes my legs look good too. I'm rocking a short little inseam on there at times, but you feel confident in those. And I can wear them to the golf course, to having beers with friends at bars. If I was taking a, a podcast meeting, I'd feel comfortable wearing those because they look so good. I just think they're awesome. They're just kind of every day. They're quick dry. You get them wet. They're going to dry instantly. Whatever you need them to do, they're just so versatile, so comfortable, and the fit is really perfect. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNBA, they're going to throw in a free custom bird dog style Yeti tumbler with every order. I got one too. Drank my coffee in it this morning. It's great. Nice little perk for getting something you already want to wear that looks good. They have so many different styles. I love the liners in there. Just throw them on and you're good to go. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the promo code LockedOnNBA with your next purchase. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to you like this completely free. There's no Locked On Pelicans Plus or anything like that. There's no real screaming hot takes here. We'll get a little heated in the third segment, but it's not going to be a hot take. I'm curious your hot takes, though, on the Smoothie King Center. Let me know in the comments down below. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts if you want to support the channel, support the show. It's not give us money. It's comment down below on YouTube or become an everydayer. Tomorrow, we'll look at how the Denver Nuggets have lessons to teach the New Orleans Pelicans. Has to be with giving up on players too soon is a big one. I'm going to be really excited to talk about that when it comes to a guy like Jamal Murray. But today, we are talking about the Pelicans and their arena situation. Smoothie King Center is fine. It's adequate, but it's not good. And it's definitely one of the bottom arenas in the league. It's almost 20, 21 years old at this point. Like it's, it's outdated. So why though do NBA teams need fancy new arenas? You're playing basketball. Can you just be on the court doing things? I went into some of it in the last segment where it matters for free agency, player recruitment, player retention, player happiness, just better facilities is going to make players happy. Simple as that. And in the Christian Clark article, he mentioned that Birmingham redid their facility for the squadron a couple years ago now. And when the Pelicans played a game there, preseason game, and they have another one there this year, many people with the team and players kind of remarked that this is nicer than what we have. That ain't a good thing. That ain't a good thing for anyone to be saying about this. You don't want a G League arena to come off better to other people. So the stuff for the players and people with the team, it matters. But there's more than that. Let me ask you this. It's a Wednesday night. The team's middling. They're, they're game, two games below 500. It's January and kind of cold outside. Are you going to go? Are you going to go? You might because you're a diehard fan. But if you're... I don't like this phrase, more casual. I'm not, if you've just got other things in life, right? And you're not one of those people that's like, I'm going to make every game. Maybe you don't have season tickets. They're playing another middle of the road team. You going to go? Maybe not. Probably not. Especially if it's like raining and the weather's bad. What fancy new arenas do is, and I'm going to get kind of technical here because this was given to me by someone within the league. They enhance the value proposition of attending games. That is a quote. They're competing with incredible TV experiences. You know, make your jokes about Bally's and all of that here. But TV technology has come a long way. I got an awesome one downstairs that I'm watching the finals on and it's fantastic. Color looks good. 
you know, say what you will about the broadcast and the people talking, but overall, it's great to be on my couch watching this awesome game that looks fantastic. I don't have to get up. I got all my snacks, my drinks, everything I could need. I am comfortable. I'm having a great time. I got my laptop or my phone to kind of be the second screen, interact with all y'all on Twitter. Simple as that. Why do I need to get up, put on clothes, go drive to the arena, find parking, be worried about what might happen to my car during parking, pay for a ticket, pay for concessions that are just meh. You need to get people in the arena because that is a big revenue stream for these franchises. You need a first class experience to overcome the convenience of watching these games on TV. Again, make your jokes about Pelicans games not being available and all of that. But in general, you understand what I'm saying. It can be expensive. I'll be honest. I go to one, two Saints games a year. I've had the opportunity to buy season tickets the past couple of years. And I just don't do it because it's easier and I'd rather watch it on TV. I don't have to fight with bathroom lots, pay exorbitant beer prices, other things like that. The experience for me, nothing beats being in the dome. But on a game-to-game basis, man, let me just chill and be at home watching them. Unless, Saints and Pelicans, y'all want to give me some free season tickets, I'll, I'll take a call and, and I'll make sure I'm at every game and talk about how awesome it is. So, that same applies to the NBA, especially if the team's not good. You need that revenue source. A first-class experience, a world-class, fancy, new, state-of-the-art arena can deliver that. When I went out to Dallas for the Tulane's Cotton Bowl, proud alum here, I was really excited, and one of the draws of going to that and spending the money on everything was I get to see Cowboys Stadium, which I hadn't seen before, AT&T, whatever it's called. I hadn't seen it before. I wanted to kind of experience that and see what it was like. Nobody is saying that about the Smoothie King Center right now. I haven't been to the Chase Center for the Golden State Warriors. I want to see it. I cannot wait to see the Clippers Arena when that's built in a year or two. No one is saying, I am so excited to go to the Smoothie King Center. No one is, unless you're just excited about going to the Pels game, different than saying you're excited about going to the Smoothie King Center. That is revenue lost for the team. That's where you get, you know, people wondering if the stadium's full and all those jokes, and it is. We don't need to get into that stuff. It's a revenue source, and for a team that we have questions about paying the luxury tax, has never paid the luxury tax before, having a top-quality arena that provides additional revenue streams is a big deal. That's just looking at it for the team and not looking at it for like the city as a whole and the economic impact, which we'll get into the next segment, but also succession with Gail Benson and potentially the team leaving the city. So building this first class experience maybe means the Pelicans could pay the luxury tax in the future because they have more revenue and more money coming in. These things are important. It's important to get people excited to go to games because you build fans for life and to get them to stick with the team through thick and thin, even if the team is not being competitive. And then there's the bonus to player retention, player recruitment, those sorts of things. These new arenas are important because they are a revenue stream. It comes back down to money, even if you have to invest that money in the first place in building it. So will it happen? Why does this need to happen? Succession, relocation, who pays in the economic impact and looking at this kind of as a holistic district is what I want to talk about coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. In today's episode 
of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs and soon to be NBA finals. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I love being on FanDuel. I got a futures bet on the Denver Nuggets winning the finals, a parlay with Nikola Jokic winning MVP, and I'm feeling great about that right now. They also have awesome promotions every day and the same game parlay. Take a guy to go over on their points scored, another player to hit two or three or more three-pointers, make even more money. And what's great is the app's so easy to use, and they show you popular parlays out there. Plus, it's safe and secure, and you get paid instantly. There's no better place to place a bet all playoffs than America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to you like this, telling you why a new arena is super important for this team. And we're about to get real serious here for a minute. So become an everyday, support Locked On Pelicans. You don't need all the hot takes. You get the inside scoop, everything you need to know right here. Tomorrow, we'll look at the Denver Nuggets and how they relate to the Pelicans. Friday, we will look at another draft prospect. If there's someone you want, let me know in the comments down below as well. We'll kind of go popular vote. Bryce Sensabaugh right now, I think, is listening. Uh, listening. That'd be cool if he was listening. Is leading, and I think that's who we're going to end up talking about. Today, though, we're talking about the need for a new arena. So I just told you that the Smoothie King Center is adequate, but they, they definitely need a new one. And I explained why you need a new arena just for revenue streams in general. Here's why this is really important for the New Orleans Pelicans. They're going to opt into the like extension of their lease, option on their lease, whatever it is, that's basically going to tie them to the Smoothie King Center through the end of the decade. You're looking around 2023, they can opt out of that. That is a looming atom bomb here for New Orleans. Big time. What's the succession plan? We've seen some of it written, but nothing really states exactly what it is. It's kind of nebulous. They, we're just always told the Saints and the Pelicans are going to be in this city for a really long time. But eventually, the teams will get sold. The teams will get sold. Gail Benson doesn't have an heir. There's no one to leave the teams to unless she just picks somebody. She might. But if you could sell them and get three, four billion dollars for a team, you're probably going to do that, especially because then you can give that money to charity when you pass. So the teams will be sold eventually. If a new owner comes in and they don't have a state-of-the-art arena and the team isn't in the best place financially, and say they buy them around 2029 and they can get out of the lease in 2030, this is six, seven years from now. What do you think that new owner really might consider doing? They're going to consider moving the team. They're going to consider moving the team if they can get a new arena built elsewhere. They don't want to front the money themselves. They want municipalities to front the money and there will be some city out there that's like, yeah, we'll fork over the money and build you a new stadium to bring the team here because the economic impact of these teams is really big. So getting a new arena done, whether the team finances it themselves partially or fully or the city does, and you tie them to a 50-year lease in that arena, 
you know, or 20, 30 year lease, whatever it is, keeps the team here long term. I don't think the Pelicans would be smart, especially because if you do get a new owner and maybe they just want to keep the team in New Orleans and they want to build a new arena here, you can't at the end of this lease sign another 30 year lease, 10 year lease, 15 year lease because you're not getting another stadium for that long. And if a new owner wants that in the city, well, then your hands are tied and are they interested in buying the team now? So building this new arena and kicking the tires on it now, and they said they're going to commission a study. There's no need to do a study. There's every reason to build a new arena. We've heard ideas of building it down by the river, by the convention center. And I think that's a better idea. Put a couple bars and restaurants right around it. This is something the city should be interested in doing. You have conventions here and you can have the conventions go from the convention center to the New Orleans arena or the new arena, whatever it is, for a concert, for something else, whatever it is that you might want to do. Put restaurants, bars, multiple, many of them different options, not two or three things, which is all you have right now a couple blocks away. Put them literally next door. When I went to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl, you had... Um, Dallas Live or Cotton Bowl Live, whatever it was, literally next door that you could walk from the arena to the bar and we hung out after celebrating Tulane's win. It was awesome. Super easy. Didn't leave. Spent more money there. It's a fantastic setup, a fantastic idea, and that's what this team needs to do. Build kind of a district that's going to help you attract better concerts. Maybe you get Taylor Swift that way, although she definitely played the Superdome. But you get what I'm saying. Can it attract better things than you already get? And the answer is probably yeah. Could you charge higher prices? Yeah. Everyone makes more money then. So this seems like a no-brainer. And I don't want the Pelicans to leave. But there are some open questions about what's going to happen when either Gail Benson passes, we hope that doesn't happen anytime soon, or when she decides to sell the team. We don't know fully yet. They say they're going to find a way to keep the team here, but it shouldn't be signing another 10, 15, 20-year lease with the Smoothie King Center because if they do that, they're just not going to make enough money every year on the books, right? You need the cash flow in to pay the luxury tax like they should. A new arena potentially opens that up, especially if they finance part of it, they have part ownership of it, and then make money off events held in the arena. There's other revenue streams and why it's worth really doing all of this. Give people a reason to go to games, even if the team is good, especially if the team is good, versus watching on your awesome TVs back at home. Make, enhance the value proposition of attending games. And right now, the Pelicans, not due to their own fault, just due to an aging arena, don't have that compared to a lot of other teams in the league. This is why it's vitally important that the Pelicans not just commission a study. Sure, if you need to do that, do that. But start kicking the tires on this. Start moving forward on this. And don't just pay lip service to it and be like, no, fans say the Smoothie King Center is fine. It is fine because most people don't know any better. How many of y'all have been to the Chase Center in San Francisco? None of you have been to the Clippers' new arena. I haven't been to the Milwaukee Bucks' state-of-the-art arena. All of them are significantly better, and I bet if more people went to things like that, they'd look at the Smoothie King Center in a different light, too. It's not great. Barclays Center in Brooklyn, as well, is really one of them. So you need to build a new arena because the future of the team in New Orleans really might depend on it. It sounds hot takey, but it's not when you lay it out like that. Let me know. Do you want 
to see, would you, would you be cool with the city using taxpayer money to build a new arena? Let me know in the comments down below. So tomorrow on Lockdown Pelicans, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, we're going to look at the Pelicans' lessons they can learn from the Denver Nuggets because there is one big one about not giving up on players too soon. Jamal Murray missed basically two seasons. Now they're in the finals. We'll break that one down for you, plus a couple of other things too in tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all next.